0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Chapter
1: 11 bankruptcies are up 63% year over year. You're seeing companies like Bontong and Toys R Us make the big headlines auto delinquency loans auto loans tied auto loans are delinquent Um, the delinquent rates are rising they're now worse than they were during the financial crisis this is all problematic gotta pay your bills and if you don't the banks get into trouble and maybe the banks aren't rallying right now because wall street knows something the banks had great quarters they seem to be rallying for a day and that's about it Royal Caribbean they just introduced an ultra luxury suite that can cost over $60,000. I'm not a boat guy. Not a boat guy. I think when you wear when you get on a boat it's like wearing gym clothes, you've basically given up. Life is over. Why why get dressed to go to breakfast when you can wear gym clothes? A tracksuit. Teachers in San Francisco are some of the best paid In the United States, but still don't make enough to afford 99% of the homes on the market. That's a shame, because I believe the children are our future. I do. And I think it's super important to pay teachers more. I don't think we pay anyone near enough. We need to teach them well and let them lead the way. We need to show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us of how we used to be. Because the greatest love of all is happening to me. I don't know what this song's about. I don't know. I thought this was a song about the, I believe the children are our future. I thought this had something to do with schools. But yeah, we don't pay our teachers anywhere near enough, and if they can't afford housing, that's a problem. I tutor third grade math kids. I know you're saying, that's very noble of you. It's seriously not. Um, One of the kids recognized me the other day. He goes, are you Rob Black? Are you on TV? And I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Do you like my spot? He goes, my dad hates you. I (laughs)
2: don't
1: His dad doesn't hate me. His dad loves me. But uh, I got recognized by a nine-year-old. How cool is that? Feathered my cap that you don't have. I know. I know. I know. Thank you very much. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Retail sales. Always in the news. And today we're throwing in that little bit of, of twist of Bonton stores filing for bankruptcy. I don't think I've ever been in a Bonton. When I saw the news, I was like, "Who's going to make my bonbons?" Because on Fridays I take the day off after radio, I sit around on the couch. I've got a cold, malt liquor bowl and a box of chocolate bonbons. But then I, I learned Bonton was a, a clothing store for women or something like that. Retail sales returned to the positive zone in mo- the March a little bit weaker in January and February because we were looking around and saying hey Joe uh how was your Christmas? He goes Christmas great spent too much money. Hey Joe you want to go to the ball game tonight? No 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 I want to wait till the playoffs start when the game does actually matter. Okay Joe have a good day and uh people tighten their belts sometimes after the holidays which is great that the month of April comes along when people start thinking tax returns so they can start you know Put that money towards a car so they could start creating problems yet again and borrowing more money. It's like the United States. I saw that our debt is going to be worse than the debt of Italy by the year 2023. I know, right? First things first. I don't hate Italians. I don't hate Italians. I love Italians. But the little uh, Vespa scooters, Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to say anything negative about Italian because I don't want to wake up with a horse in my uh, horse head in my bed. I might actually want to wake up with a horse head in my bed. Hey, it's Sarah Jessica Parker. What's she doing in my bed? So, anyway. Um, where was I going? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're going to have worse the same kind of debt load that Italy has, and that ain't good. So, 42% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved and will retire broke. Congratulations, America. You've worked from the age of 20 to 60. You've raised kids. You fought wars. And now you're retired and broke. (laughs) Former rivals Amazon and Best Buy are joining forces to sell smart TVs. It's the last thing in the world I need right now. It's a TV that's smarter than me. I went into a Best Buy recently to pick up a small TV for a property. I'm like, which is better, Samsung or Sony? I won't even look at Vizio, because if you see me coming out of a store with a Vizio TV, I'll give you $10,000. That's right, Jack. Um, But Best Buy and Amazon are, are working together. The deal's going to allow Best Buy to tap in Amazon's vast customer network, marketing Amazon's technology to a wider rate of shoppers. Um, they've, you know, you can't not, notice Best Buy, or if you're Best Buy, you can't not notice Amazon and vice versa. Do you want the 4K, or do you want the HDR TVs? HDR TVs are much more important than the 4K, but 4K is a big thing, and people like, I want to get a 4K TV, okay? Best Buy is at $75 a share. A couple of years ago, they were left for dead, um, and that's not a good thing. Jeff Bezos, speaking of Amazon, he worked at McDonald's when he was 16. He's a self-made billionaire. He knew very early on that he was wired a little differently. He tried to take his crib apart with a screwdriver. He is, to me, a Bond villain. That's why we were just playing that. I think he's building a Death Star. Probably behind the moon, so we can't see it. So... In 1980, 16-year-old Jeff Bezos got a summer job frying up burgers at McDonald's. He learned all he could from the experience. He was a cook. They wouldn't let him anywhere near the customers, not with that acne on his face. I'm like, why did you work in backwards greasy and that'll f- probably feed your uh, acne? Well, it's not- feed me, well. shemel. He said he had a first hand on brush. With what retail could do. He studied the company's automation improvements. Like beeps and signals for when scramble the eggs and flip the burgers and pull his fries. He said he learned a lot. Sadly now, McDonald's has turned into a situation where people want living wages and not teenagers. Like, it was meant for teenagers in my mind. But what we've turned it into is something that's not. And we're turning to kiosks. So, life lessons are not going to be found in fast food like they used to be for teenagers you can learn responsibility in any job take all jobs seriously don't underestimate the value of a job i'm rob black talking all things financial find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz.
3: And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7.
1: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. What to do when your financial aid doesn't get you far enough in college? Do you take on debt? Do you not? Big question, right? What do you do when your girlfriend gets pregnant and. It's like the game of life spin the dial. Like. Go straight to jail. <laughs> oh, that's never a good thing. So, um. Yeah, yeah. Frontier adds two cities to its nine-route expansion. Do you fly Frontier? If you do, that's good news. If not, maybe Norfolk or Denver or Norfolk or Orlando or maybe one of these markets they're getting into will help you. Just to keep competition a little bit lower, a little bit higher, keep competition a little bit higher, keep prices a little bit lower. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. He's going to talk a little financial planning and long-term care, which is something, quite honestly, that my mother's involved with, right? She can't take care of herself. She kind of can a little bit, but not fully. Long-term care, I will tell you, is not cheap.
3: Chad? One of the things I said I'd talk about today is long-term care insurance, and this is something that... You know, when I first got into the business in the early '90s, I started with my grandfather, and he had, you know, he was in his mid 60s, so his clients were even older than him. Started to see people all the time go into nursing homes, and it was tough. I'd get calls, and usually it was from the the wife, and they'd say, you know, my husband's gone into a nursing home, or my husband needs to go into a nursing home, but we can't afford it. What do we do? Um, Oftentimes, too, we see caregiving situations where and I see this the most with the spouse ends up taking care of the husband. Husband, health starts to fail sooner. The the spouse, the wife is taking care of the husband and her health and her lack of balance in life, lack of being able to do anything else, but be in that caretaking situation. Her health falls much quicker. And, and sometimes they, she passes away even before the husband. So you got to plan for this some cultures, the kids are taking care of the parents. It's not really happening in our culture these days. So, long-term care insurance became popular, and then companies came in and they drastically underpriced it. Now, they're raising their rates left and right. So, what do you do? Should you even buy the long-term care insurance? Uh, I had a question from somebody at the event last Thursday, and her daughter is working at a company that's actually offering long-term care insurance, but it's the parents can also get it through the group plan, and when you there's there's good things to get through group plans at your company. That's disability insurance, and in this case, long term care insurance, because the rates are usually cheaper. Life insurance you are usually much better off getting on your own. But the group long term care insurance. This is a a lady who asked the question. So she said, "I fought breast cancer four or five years ago." I don't think I can get long-term care insurance on my own. The only problem is that it was through Genworth. That's the company that's offering the long-term care insurance, and that's a company that's not doing so hot. If you have bought long-term care insurance on your own, you've seen rate increases several times since you owned it. Not a lot of rate increases on group plans yet, so we'll see. I had another question from... uh, Let's see. I've got the last name here, so I won't say that. But let's just call him Bill for now. Um, my workplace makes long-term care insurance available through group coverage GenWorth. It's portable if I leave the company. My wife and I are over 40, me closer to 50. She currently works, but will stop soon. We have two young kids, possibly one more. We have many years of fiscal responsibility in our lives and a minivan. I love that. It just shows you where they're at in life, right? We have a comfortable amount saved living in the Bay Area. i just don't understand the economics of long-term care insurance. Should I get it? Should my wife? When should we start? Do I pay extra to have it increase at 3 to 5% annually, or just get more coverage? The company says it generally doesn't increase rates. It only did once for historically underfunded early insurance. Um, also, the rest of my insurance, life, disability, etc., are currently through work. It's a good question. It's a question that a lot of people have. like, When do I start shopping for it? Especially if you have a situation where you had to care for your parents. Or in my case, I saw my mom leave work for about three years in order to care for my grandparents as my grandfather was going through a kidney failure and on dialysis. We were taking turns taking him dialysis all the time. And then shortly after he passed, my grandmother went into memory care. And even though she was in a facility... A memory care facility, it was still almost a full-time job for my mom to keep an eye on it, making sure she had the meds and the other things that she still have to get and pay for that the facility doesn't necessarily offer. In the Bay Area, those costs are running at close to $100,000 a year. And that is something that most people can't afford. And not only could your parents probably not afford it, you can't afford to take the time off to do the things that you need to do to help them out. It's a tough situation on everybody. It's that sandwich Situation. Um, so, what do you do? Do you look at it? Usually, I'd say age 55 to start looking at it is the right age.
1: And I'm Rob Black talking money investing in more. One of the more interesting things that talking about long term care is you never think you're going to need it. But when you do, it's very, very expensive. It's just like I saw a statistic year over year pedestrian fatalities are climbing, skyrocketing, up 46% since 2009. And it's far outpacing growth in overall traffic, which, again, you've probably heard about a couple of planes having problems up in the sky. That's going to happen more and more because the volume of planes flying is increasing. So you're going to hear about it more and you're going to think, man, I don't remember all these planes having problems when I was a kid. It was a lot fewer planes. But almost 6,000 pedestrians, people who might have been out for a walk, people who might have been trying to burn off a little bit of lunch, Trying to cross a street quickly to get to work. 6,000 pedestrians were killed by motor vehicles. Now, what do you think your reason is? You know, that's almost twice the number of deaths tied directly to September 11th. Number of pedestrians on the road uh, killed. And it's climbing. It's it's In the United States, it's, it's all-time high. Some people would probably say texting while driving is a problem. Marijuana legalization could potential right could just be a lot of distractions you can find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show find me online at robblackshow.com.
0: want the podcast with music find the link to the
1: other version of the podcast by going to rob black's twitter his handle is at rob black show listen to rob black and your money weekday mornings 7 to 9 on am 1220 kdow Are you ready to buy an electric car? Yes, no, maybe so. More Americans becoming charged up about electric cars. A new AAA survey finds 20% of Americans say their next vehicle will be an electric car. Huh. It's particularly good news for Tesla as the company ramps up production of its first mass-market electric car, the Model 3. It bodes well for General Motors, which offers a mid-priced, long-range electric car, the Chevy Bolt and Nissan, with its LEAF. One big reason why we're finally ready to buy electric cars, 20%, Americans say the next car will be uh, electric, is because as a nation, we finally feel comfortable we're not they're, they're going to go far enough. Electric cars have a lot fewer moving prices, uh, parts. And that's also a good thing, because maintenance costs are lower. So, charging times are still a little bit of a, a nightmare headache for the car industry, the electric car industry. Industry. Sixty-eight percent think that no more than thirty minutes of charge time would be reasonable while they're out and about. So, people have an opinion. You know, one thing that I'm always interested in is sharks. No, not sharks. Uh, One thing that I'm always interested in is kind of people's misconceptions. They differ like golden clay. Uh, Misconception, misperception, miscommunication. Fidelity thinks that a healthy 65-year-old couple retiring this year is going to need $280,000 to cover their health care costs in retirement. Interesting to note. $280,000. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare... Are you going to make the assumption that you don 't need a lot of health care in retirement because you 're healthy and good looking and and young, or are you going to assume that you might be like your parents and visit the doctor
2: a little bit more yeah i 'm going to make the assumption that uh, you know i 'll need plenty of money in, in retirement to, to cover health care
3: costs
1: <laughs> it 's one area of financial planning that people just forget because for some reason we grew up in a nation where we thought health care was free in retirement but very very expensive. Anyway, um, stock markets. What do you make of the the recent action? It feels like lower highs. Feels like we're ready for a pullback.
2: Yeah, you know, I think we're we're just stuck, Rob. I mean, we are in the, you know just in a tight trading range, um, and I think it's uh, partly. Owed to the fact that you have a lot of you know market participants recognizing that the first quarter you know earnings reporting period has been terrific. You know, we have first quarter earnings growth up uh, over twenty four percent. It's the best quarter since uh, the third quarter of two thousand ten. And yet you've got a stock market that has basically done nothing throughout uh, the first quarter reporting period. Uh, we're almost. I mean we're essentially right where we were uh, uh, when J P Morgan reported its results uh, before the open on April thirteenth and I think that that's just got a lot of people you know questioning you know you know what happens now if we can 't get a market to break out on such strong earnings growth and and because they're you know ruminating over that idea, it kind of allows for some um, thought creep, if you will, in terms of all the things that could go bad that could upset this market. And so there's a kind of a litany or a menu of some, uh, some concerns out there that I think are just kind of keeping the market range bound here.
1: How long can we go range bound in your opinion? Could we go range bound for a year, three months? Because I'm feeling like I could use a brand new all time high and I don't want to lose patience. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I think we could absolutely stay range-bound for you know for a year. Um, you know what people need to take into account is we have obviously had such a had a terrific run off those 2009 lows. Um, a lot of years with double-digit you know returns just on the, the price index alone, and then you add dividends to that, and it's even better. So, um, you know, right now you've got a market that's trading. Pretty much in line with a with a five year uh, historical average PE multiple, and and you've got a market uh, as we've discussed in past weeks that's you know contemplating uh, the idea that we're at some important inflection points with respect to interest rates, with respect to monetary policy, you know, with respect to inflation, with respect to uh, the pace of earnings growth, and and so it does take a little time to kind of figure out, letting the data come in and, and figure out you know. Thank you where things are ultimately going to trend and so so you have this, this sideways action which uh, you know technical analysts would refer to you know really as a consolidation period uh, that you know there's nothing necessarily wrong with it You're taking some time to digest those really strong gains that have been registered in prior years here uh, and everyone's kind of you know taking a step back and, and maybe taking a little up, uh, money off the table off of some of those big movers um, but uh, you know and recognizing that uh, the path of least resistance for interest rates now is most likely higher and not and not lower and um, kind of just want to see how things settle out in, in that type of environment it's
1: been my history doing this show for 20 plus years that federal reserves basically cause all recessions by moving interest rates higher we're in an in, we're in an interest rate environment where the federal reserve is moving interest rates higher do you think this leads to a recession Um, Or could it be a shadow recession where it's not as bad as we think it is, but it's healthy nonetheless? Um, is Is the Fed taking us down the right road?
2: Well, I would, I would, you know, cast my judgment, you know, based on uh, the shape of the yield curve right now, uh, where you see a a narrowing spread between the the two-year note and the ten-year note, uh, stands at just, you know, 45 basis points right now. And, you know, and, uh, historical data has shown that when you go below 50 basis points on that spread and you stay below 50 basis points, uh, you tend to get a an inverted yield curve, and and every recession you know since 1980 has been preceded by an inverted yield curve. So that's an important dynamic to watch. And and really, what I think it suggests right now is is some concern or or a knowingness by the market that the Fed is is going to continue to raise interest rates. And so you're seeing. Yields at the front end of the curve move up on that assumption. Uh, But the fact that, you know, while 10 year yields have been creeping higher as well, um, you know, they're not. Necessarily taking off because I think there's also an assumption that the fed's interest rate actions are going to if nothing else act as a real headwind on uh, the drive for escape velocity here and uh, and and if you 're not going to get that strong pickup in growth then presumably you're not going to see inflation take off either and I think that that's you know um, also factoring into the uh, to you know the the narrowing the of the curve, and so, uh, and then on top of it, uh, you have also this this dynamic which has been in existence for a while, which is the interest rate differential trade, which kind of clouds everyone's vision of what the the back end of the treasury curve is really suggesting. But when you have got the central bank in the United States saying we're going to keep raising interest rates, basically for all intents and purposes, and you have the ECB and the Bank of Japan uh, both saying you know we're going to kind of stay stay put for a while. Um, you you have money chasing higher returns, uh, and those higher returns can be had here in risk free instruments within the United States. and And as you get that foreign demand coming in, uh, it does help uh, hold down long term interest rates. Uh, so, some interesting trading dynamics there as it relates to the Treasury market, but something to definitely keep a close watch on, given the the historical precedence of what a uh, a flattening yield curve could ultimately mean for the economic outlook. Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty interesting times, to say the least. We have the president announcing how he's going to handle Iran. Um, is he going to stay in the sanctions, get away from the sanctions, work together, work against each other? Um, but we also have an election season coming up um, really soon. Are you surprised, or what's your thought on how p- politics is playing in Wall Street right now?
2: Uh, you know, I, th- I, I think it's, it's kind of one of those convenient headline excuses uh, for the market right now um, it is it's more of a psychological factor that it uh, does I do think contributes to a lack of buying conviction uh, the notion that you'll get a pickup in political rancor or political populism as the midterm campaigning season starts to heat up because you know in front of elections you typically get a lot of uh, you know tough talk as it relates to things like drug prices and, and bringing down health care costs and how that you know can then have a negative impact on the health care sector and the way that it trades. Um, you oftentimes get tough talk, you know, surrounding the need to rein in big banks. Uh, and, you know, that can weigh on the financial mm-hmm. sector. So um, so it's out there. I think it's something that the market does pay attention to. But really, at the end of the day, I think that, that what the market's main concern is is primarily, um, you know, what's going to happen with interest rates and and this uh, this festering sense that you know interest rates should be moving higher and will be moving higher and, and how that's going to ultimately act as a headwind for earnings growth as companies you know carrying higher debt loads face higher interest costs uh, and and how you know consumers could be impacted by higher debt repayment burdens and and thereby you know leading to perhaps you know. Lower levels of consumer spending. And so, so there's a lot born out of that idea. Um, and, but, but really, at the end of the day, I think that it's the interest rate factor that is the main um, catalyst for the market to move up or down or sideways, as we've been seeing right now.
1: Sideways is not always down. It's Mr. Patrick O'Hare. You can find him at briefing.com. I start my morning each and every morning reading his page one commentary. His big picture comes out on Fridays, but his stuff is such a small part of briefing.com. You should really check out the site because there's things that I don't do, like IPOs, that they do quite nicely. The next big thing, you can find them at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Kick my shoes off and run, run, run do it i could so do this i got this let me do it mom mom let me do it i got this mom comcast and fox are fighting each other for control of sky tv as well as uh disney and disney wants 21st century fox's assets and Time Warner and AT&T, but Comcast wants to step in and they're all kind of waiting to see what happens with Comcast and or Time Warner and AT&T. Does that go through? Time Warner's got some awesome awesome content with HBO and Game of Thrones and Sopranos and Sex in the City and 6 Feet Under. Um you think about all those great shows and they were they were Netflix before Netflix. Now you can get it all online. But these guys are all going to fight each other. It's kind of awesome. Kind of like, to me, media companies fighting. But they kind of create a situation where it it pushes values higher. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Homeowners are bullish on prices. In a recent survey, 64% say they're anticipating an increase in property values during the next year. To me, that's all going to depend on interest rates and the job market. It's the highest share of people who think real estate's going to go higher since the mid-2000s. When 70% of people were thinking things are going to soar. Higher and higher, straight up we'll fly. Remember? Remember Van Halen? We'll go higher and higher? Well, okay, so this story has a lot of doom and gloom in it. In the mid-2000s, we were about to have a real estate crash, and we thought it was going to go higher and higher. 70% of people were predicting that we were going to go higher and higher. Now, we're starting to hit close to those peaks again. Not quite, but 64% say they're anticipating an increase in property values in the next year. optimism depends on where you live and optimism is a bad thing here that's what i'm going to try to get the point across you don't want to go higher and higher nearly 80 percent of americans in the west forecast a pricier real estate market in the next year are they right probably people buying homes with cash is crazy it's cray cray people are very positive and as home prices go up people want to be in it because it's Other people's money, OPM. Yeah, you know me, I'm OPM. But the same thing could be done on stocks if you really, really wanted it. 45% of non homeowners say they plan to buy a house in the next five years. Just 22% of homeowners anticipate selling. That's the supply and demand issue. That's the damnation game. That's the problem. Notice we haven't been doing Bitcoin stories on a regular basis here anymore. The fall of the cryptocurrency Bitcoin for much of 2018 is no coincidence. We kind of started at the end of 2017, start thinking, like, how can we go long this? How can we go short this? What are some other ideas other than just saying, whoa, we like it? And then we start realizing that people like Bill Gates are right. It doesn't really create value. So what are we going to do with it? So he said, let's let's give people the right to sell it as well as the right to buy it, the right to short it as well as the right to go long it. So the New York Stock Exchange right now is working on an online trading platform that would allow large investors to buy and hold Bitcoin after Bitcoin was kinda got some public endorsement from Goldman Sachs. So a little bit of self fulfilling prophecy has gone on and kinda hit Bitcoin where the where it hurts. So other stories of note, President Trump's going to reveal what he thinks about Iran and the sanctions that have been put against them already in place. And that's a big thing. Um, Obama's sanctions were were a little bit stickier. And the whole world's going to look at Trump and say, what do you think? Come on.
0: I will tell you at the time.
1: I'll keep you in suspense. He's going to tell us at the time. So oil has been moving higher and higher. Straight up, it'll fly. It's 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 literally the Van Halen song that could be used again, again, again. You just keep it running, right? So oil <clears throat> is getting a little bit cooler today. I had an announcement by the U.S. on reimposing sanctions on Iran. So oil kind of can be found in its sweet spot in the Middle East, and so can Iran and Iraq and saudi arabia so anytime there's tensions there there's tensions everywhere because if you can make it there you can make it anywhere it's up to you um not a big fan not a big fan so just fyi i'm not a big fan of the chairmans so
0: Get that's
1: google helped move more things than just tv commercials with youtube now it kind of wants to move you around with with Waze. Now, YouTube, I saw, has 1.8 billion eyeballs on it on a regular basis, just like Facebook does. I think Google is a steal at a. I mean, now I'm not going to say a steal. I think Google's very interesting in price right here. Um, so, Google bought Waze back in 2013 for a billion dollars. They kind of stopped another company from buying them. Waze pitches its ads and measurable and actionable calls to action while you're driving around. You could pitch an ad for $2 per day in one location. So Waze is starting to come out and show us how they're making money. And there's a, just a wealth of, of profile and data on you. So next time you're on Waze and it pushes up Dunkin' Donuts, Google might know you're fat, hungry, and on the way home from work. You can find me online at Rob Show, Twitter Rob Show, YouTube Rob Show.